TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Steve Kerr is going to be joining us here soon and shortly, I am sure. Um, you know, talk about who's left. Like, going to the ballpark, who's really going to want to go out and support this team? Well, uh, like, I broke it down a little bit, and then I'm sure you'll you'll... You know, dicker with some of the percentages I used here because it's sort of your nature, Ray. But I'm a bad person. I get that. That's okay. It's all right. Well, we'll get to all that because, of course, Steve Kerr is right on time as always. Uh, brought to us by Xfinity. Stay connected, protected, and entertained. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. And I'll tell you, um, whatever heat you might feel put on you guys lately, send a muffin basket over to the Giants. We got pissed off fans over this Carlos Correa thing. How are you? Well, I'm I'm doing well. I just met met my uh, granddaughter for the first time today. I just uh, oh. just became a grandpa three days ago. So, um, yeah, forgive me, but I don't really care that much about uh, the Giants or Korea. Nor should you, or <laughs> or even your record or your road or that road trip. Uh, tell us about her. A uh, l- little nugget. What's her name? Her name is Eleanor. Little little Ellie. It's my uh, grandmother's name. My grandmother on my father's side, Eleanor. I love that name. Fantastic! Yeah, my son Nick and 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 his wife Kendall. They just, uh, yeah, just while we were on the road, um, you know, she, uh, she gave birth, and uh, I've been looking at photos the last three or four days, and I uh, couldn't wait to get uh, get home, and uh, so met her today for the first time. Just amazing. That's wonderful. Did you bury your nose right in her head? There, nothing smells you know better it. than a baby's you know head. It. There's nothing like a newborn. Just the scent of a newborn and the warmth, and oh, it's just beautiful. So this is the best three-day break you guys have ever had. <laughs> yes, no doubt, no doubt, and a and a welcome uh, gift coming off of a you know a long difficult trip. Absolutely, God, I even feel bad about asking you about what the hell went wrong on that road trip now because I just want to talk about how exciting this moment <laughs> is for you and your your family. Grandpa Kerr, is this is this is this your first foray into the official title of yeah, Grandpa first, Kerr? First first grandchild. So, wow. Uh, yeah, pretty exciting. By the way, you're a young-looking... The, the NBA might have aged you, but not like a grandfather-level age. Like, you're still a good-looking <laughs> young man, Steve. I can't believe you got grandpa status on you now. Yeah, well, we keep playing like we have been lately. It uh, could change quickly. <laughs> you get the Rumpelstiltskin the beard. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, let's just start here. What happened in Brooklyn? What was that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was tough. The last two nights were really, really tough, and, and uh, yeah, we're just you know we're in a it, it kind of in the depths right now. You know, you, where um, you know you, you got injuries, you got you know sickness, you just you know tough schedule. It's all coming at the same time, and and this is you know generally something that every team goes through, or most of the teams in the league. You just you know, you, you sort of hit that. You know the low point, and you got to dig your way out, and and we'll do that. I think you know you guys remember last year in March we lost nine out of eleven games, um, and a few months later we were celebrating the championship. So we know how to dig our way out. We know that uh, you know navigating an eighty-two game schedule is is uh, it's a process. It really is a long haul, and you just have to keep keep working and keep keep plugging away, and we'll we'll turn it around. Early in the year, uh, by your own admission in everybody's eyes, you played pretty poor defense. And then it seemed to get better. And now on this road trip, uh, that clearly has fallen back. Is that simply a function of not having all your players? Or are you getting back into some bad habits? Well, the last two nights, um, 
I, I thought there were some bad habits. Um, I think overall, in, in general, over the past month or so, we've been much better defensively than, than we were early in the year. Um, but last night, the, the turnovers early just, you know, they, they were teeing up three-point shots early in that game. And, you know, the NBA is all about the three these days. And um, you let a team line up four or five three-point shots, uh, different guys just just lining them up unguarded because they're playing off turnovers. It can be it can turn into a long night quickly, and that's that's what happened. And um, you know, once a guy gets hot, or in this case, once multiple guys get hot, it's uh, you know you're 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 in some trouble because uh, you know Brooklyn played really well anyway last night. The ball was moving, and they played with great energy and pace, and, and uh, everything was clicking. But like I said, I thought we helped them out, especially early in the game with our turnovers. Um, let's let's talk i guess about the one bright spot last night which was james wiseman putting up a a career high 30 points and even though you know brooklyn wasn't even really playing much defense and they don't play a lot of defense at the rim even when they are playing defense um and there's also the caveat of you know the whole point is wiseman's got to fit in with the warriors and you're not quite the warriors in games where steph curry is not playing how do you and Bob go about evaluating that evening or attaching any, you know, real house credit to what you just saw from James Wiseman? Well, I think the big thing is, you know, we're just looking at James's development, and um, we've we've felt like, you know, watching him in Santa Cruz, uh, seeing him grow, seeing his defensive progress. We just we feel like he's made strides, and so it's great for him to uh, to get some significant minutes and you know be able to to let loose and gain some confidence with a thirty point night. I mean, we know he's perfectly capable of of scoring. Um, he he scores when he gets the ball in the paint. He's obviously you know he's got uh, great touch around the basket. You know those little five foot hooks, those little putbacks, and then um, and then he's so athletic and. And long that uh, anything close to the rim, he's dunking. So we know he's got that capability. But just because of the way the year has gone for him, not getting much playing time, I thought it was a great night for him to to really feel good about his progress. And and this is just another another step in the in the journey for James. Has he bought himself more steps along that journey with the Golden State Warriors on this upcoming, let's call it the eight game homestand here, or might he be back in Santa Cruz? I think we're we're really approaching uh, this kind of day to day with James because uh, you know we'll see we'll see what happens uh, roster wise. You know, Jermichael um, being sick. I mean that that puts him him out of the rotation. Obviously, puts James in. Um, but you just take it game by game because if um, you know if Jermichael's back and and James were to be out of the rotation, then you know why not? have him play 35 minutes in a, in a game in Santa Cruz the next night. So I think that's how we're looking at it. We're just, there's, there's no, you know, set schedule or plan. We're just taking it day by day. Um, did you see uh, from him last night on the defensive end and the, and the other nuanced areas of the game that you've wanted him to work on? Did you see enough evidence there that he's, that he's getting it? I think we saw evidence uh, periodically during the trip. I thought his defensive minutes uh, against Philadelphia were really good. Um, I know he only played you know seven eight minutes, but he did a, did a great job of kind of playing cat and mouse against pick and roll, uh, which is what you want your big to do. It's what Draymond does so well, you know. And meaning you, you know you're, you you have to guard the ball handler coming downhill at you and the roll man. Um, who's coming towards the rim, and you, you've got to keep the ball handler guessing. And he did a really good job of that, um, you know, being in the right position and um, making sure he was calling out the right coverages. And so there, there have been strides for sure. And then, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think any of our, our guys were uh, clicking defensively last night as a group. You know, we didn't find any combinations that, that um, gained much traction in the game. So when you give up 143 or whatever it was, you're never going to sit here and, and rave about the defense. Steve Kerr with us on 95.7 The Game. Jonathan Kaminga plays himself 
you know, up the stop market and then it seems like he'll do something and he's back to five to eight minutes. At what point would just riding through the pain of development outweigh the amount of you just want to see more before you grant those minutes? And I, I, I guarantee you it is your right to be stingy with minutes. But as convoluted as the whole team has come together right now, can you afford to be that stingy with someone who does have so much raw talent, the investment that you've made in him, and, and you, you, know, you just need to keep on developing? Well, the only, the only, I think, five to eight minute game he had uh, was Toronto when he got hurt and banged his knee and didn't play in the second half. Okay. And, um, so that that was an ouch more than it was a discipline. Yeah, oh yeah, that's that was just you know he he was out injury wise, and if you look at the last month, I mean he's I think he's probably averaging about twenty minutes a game. So, uh, but you know, like like all young players, there's going to be uh, highs and lows, and and I think I think JK has had a really good month. Uh, he's taken on this defensive role for us, where he's guarding the best guys, he's taking uh, advantage of the opportunities, and and gaining valuable experience having to guard. You know whether it's uh, Kevin Durant last night or or uh, Siakam at times, Van Vliet in Toronto. Um, you know, he's he's guarding great players, James Harden in Philly. So this is great experience for him. But um, it, the, the progress isn't linear. We know that if there's going to be good nights and then there's going to be uh, tough nights, and and that's all part of it. What do you like most about Moses Moody? What still concerns you the most? Well, he's uh, you know he he understands the game well, and he's uh, he's a good shooter, and he's got good size and length. Um, so he's progressing, and and he's had some really good moments. He was good last night, and um, you know it, it's really the same story with all these guys. It's um, you know it's development, um, it's it's experience, it's racking up the, the reps because that's what it takes to learn how to how to win in this league and to be part of a winning uh, group. But it just doesn't happen overnight. And uh, it takes a lot of, lot of experience. And so the more experience these, these three guys gain, um, the better they're going to be, the better we're going to be. How quick was the transition last night from, man, this game sucked to, hey, I'm a grandpa. I don't have to care. <laughs> Yeah, I did look at my phone as soon as I got to the locker room and uh, looked looked at photos. So that made me feel better. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's tough. I mean, this is what we we do for a living. You know, we we've, we've been so lucky to coach. You know, our our staff has been part of uh, you know this this great run, coaching incredible players and, and winning championships, but uh, you know, when you lose, especially when you lose badly, it, it hurts, it stings, we're all competitors, that's why we do this, and, and, and we love it, but the lows are, are low, so you gotta, you gotta get through that. The saving grace of, of all of this slow start, frustration, injury, defensive, you know, uh, lack thereof, uh, that, that has sort of defined you is that the, the West is not running away from the Golden State Warriors, and that's a good thing. Bob Myers was just on our, our midday show yesterday um, and basically said that you're sort of in the precarious, unfamiliar position with trying to figure out who you still are, you know, a good third of the way in here for a team that has been defined by identities of, you know, greatest shooters of all time, a defense forward franchise and culture personified. How odd is it to be in this unfocused moment in your franchise's history? Yeah, it is a little odd, but it's, um, you know, it's part of it. I mean, we've had a really interesting few years. You know, we, we had the, you know, all the injuries three years ago, worst record in the league. Um, the next year, it was like we were trying to find ourselves again, and we lose in the play-in game. Then, then we win the championship, and uh, you know now here we are, you know, trying to defend, but um, not having gained uh, the, the traction that we need yet at this point in the season, and also you know trying to raise five guys who are um, really young players who are you know trying to find their way in this league. Um, it's uh, you know it, it's it, it's. A, a process and it's one that's really exciting and fun but but um you know not without its challenges so 
that's that's what we're trying to tackle organizationally and um you know, I, 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 I just, I feel like the organization is so strong. The leadership of, of Bob and Joe and, and obviously the internal leadership with Steph and the players, um, on our team. I mean, we, we have a great thing going, uh, and this is just a really challenging time, but, uh, it's all part of it. Have you, to the extent that you've paid attention, given you know that your plate is already plenty full with your own team, have you started to piece together in your mind the teams in the West that you think are going to be really good wall to wall, or is it still too much of a crapshoot? No, I mean I think you can tell um, you know the teams that have been good the last couple of years that that. Uh, are on the rise, you know, Denver and, and Memphis stand out automatically. I mean, Jokic is just ridiculous. The guy's so good. The line the and other Denver, night. Yeah, and they've, and they've done a great job of building their roster around them. I thought they got better, you know, this summer. Memphis is just growing with uh, with a young core that's really impressive. Um, you know those teams are going to be tough. I mean, we, we experienced that against both teams last year in the playoffs, how difficult it was to beat both of them. So, um, you know, and that's just scratching the surface. There's a, there's, uh, there's depth across the, the West, but that's a good thing for us because, as you said, everybody's kind of beating each other. And when we're, even though we're where we are in the standings, we're, uh, we're, you know, we're not too far behind where we need to be. So there's plenty of time for us to, to get going. This eight-game homestand that's coming up, if I sold you four and four right now, would you buy it? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not answering that question. That sounds like a headline. Uh, in, you know, to, later today or tomorrow. So, Grandpa uh, Kerr says we're going to lose. <laughs> All right, then I, I knew that was a little bit loaded. So let me let me re ask. What is your overall? What do you want accomplished? in this eight-game homestand that is beyond the topic of did you win, did you lose? Yeah, I mean, can we get uh, healthier? You know, can we get Dante, Jermichael, and Wiggs back? Um, and and I would, you know, w- Wiggs is, is close, and, and uh, hopefully given that we're Dante and Jermichael are dealing with illnesses, they won't last too long. But, you know, let's get those guys back, fortify our, our group. Uh, and then let's let's try to find some consistency. You know, I, I think the biggest thing in the last couple of weeks we've just been inconsistent. We've we've had some tough losses. We've had some really good wins. Uh, can we be more consistent? And that to me that means uh, better offensive possessions, uh, less chaos. You saw the chaos last night with some of the turnovers that just directly impacts your defense. And so you know, I talk about connecting the game all the time. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, on this homestand, can we can we settle down offensively uh, and limit the turnovers, and then allow our our defense to get set up and and connect the game? And and uh, that, if we do that, then we're going to win our fair share and be ready for when Steph comes back. When you start winning your fair share, is that when you bring your grand grandchild to the podium with you? <laughs> I hadn't given that one any thought, but yeah, that's uh, that's a possibility. We'll we'll see. I mean, it could be a litmus test. I mean, if people can go, oh, he brought out the grandkid. He must be in a good that's mood. Right. Uh, in a good place. When I was a kid, the Golden State Warriors did not play very much on Christmas Day. What is this? A decade of Christmas days for you now? Ten years in a row playing on Christmas Day. Have you developed any pre-Christmas Day game? traditions is there like a, a a white elephant gift exchange where no one can spend more than fifteen dollars or does the <laughs> nba only give minks and gucci's <laughs> uh you know i think sometimes the guys within the team will do something just the players but um you know for the most part i, I, I just really enjoy christmas games as long as they're at home you know if you're if you're on the road it's uh, it's tough. It's it's brutal being on, and we've been on the road the last two years. So this is a, a welcome uh, relief to be uh, to be home this year on Christmas Day. And the, the you know the games are fun. I mean, you you still have your Christmas morning with the family, and um, you know in the afternoon you head down to the arena, and everybody's excited. And 
So I, I, I really enjoy Christmas games. So gift basket for Taylor Jenkins the day before? Probably, you know, given that he is, uh, poor guy is going to be in a hotel room somewhere, but uh, that's the breaks. But that's what happens, you know, the other day, uh, it's a sign of respect when they schedule you for Christmas. And uh, I played a lot of Christmas games, you know, as a, as a player. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a big day for the NBA, you know. It's, uh, and this year we're going up against the NFL, which will not be easy. So it'll be interesting to see how the, uh, the ratings all play out. And finally, why didn't you sign Carlos Correa? Yeah, that was my fault. You know what's funny is we, uh, Bob Myers and I were walking into our hotel uh, in New York and, and, um, uh, just a few days ago, and we were getting on the elevator, and Aaron Judge walked out of the elevator, and uh, you know, we made eye contact and said hello, and, and Bob said, what happened? We almost signed you. What happened? <laughs> and Judge just smiled and and uh, shook his head and walked off. But uh, you know, everybody everybody tells me what a phenomenal guy he is. It was uh, it was cool meeting him, did, albeit very briefly. Did Judge meet with Curry? Did maybe Curry ruin this? Yeah, we'll blame, let's blame Steph. Yeah, maybe it's Steph. Yeah, maybe it is Steph. Uh, Steve, congratulations to you, your entire family. Give baby Eleanor our very very best. <laughs> Maybe Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, that'll mean a lot to her. Yeah, Mer Merry Christmas, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we hope it is a a wonderful Christmas day and a win on Christmas Day for the Warriors. I hope so. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Steve Kerr. You're on ninety five seven. The game, Grandpa Kerr, shamelessly using a grandchild, Human Shield. Yeah, there it is. It's, it's so tactical of him. He's no, nah, that's great. That's that's great. New baby, man. So new baby used to officially wash over me like, oh, you know, very nice. Congrats. No big deal. Let's move on. Fatherhood. It changes you. Changes the way you think about things. It really yeah. does. I'm a father. And now I don't care again. I've done it. I've done enough fathering. <laughs> it come that that feeling comes and then it goes. Well, once they once they hit teenage years, you you regret a lot of the things you did earlier. Like have them in the first place. <laughs> No one gets more sentimental than you, Ray. Hey, I'm merely reporting the facts. Are you going to? How about this? Could you promise everyone tonight that when we sign off, you'll give a wonderful Christmas greeting? They'll get the greeting they deserve. It's not going to go well. <laughs> it's just. It's not, hey, they it's, knew the job was dangerous when they took it. It's just not going to go well. I think we all realize that. Uh, let's have this real quick then. It's almost time. got 40 more minutes in your entire work year. Hell yes. Sing a little. Just for the kids. The kids? Good for Eleanor. No. What's Eleanor done for me? Wow. Eleanor is 0-2. Tell her to get a win in before she starts popping off. Wow. Hey, once she shows up, she's held to the same standards as everybody else. <laughs> it ain't easy being a defending champ. It really isn't. Um... To get back to those San Francisco Giants. Who's going to games? Who's going to really be signing up for the team as is currently constructed? Because there are some things that are officially now working against the Giants. And one of them is the angriest Giants fans have ever been. The other thing that is actually working against the Giants is the overall declining interest in the sport of baseball at large. Beyond that, in an area that has been financially blessed enough to not really worry about the amount of money that you're going to drop on a day at the ballpark, you know, if, if a large group of people in the Bay Area used to march under the I don't care how much it costs, we got it umbrella. There are fewer people under that umbrella today than there were two, three years ago. It's just the way the world's working, man. I mean, for the first time ever, tech is getting a haircut in terms of, you know, uh, layoffs and hiring freezes. It is not the endless growth in all directions that it used to be. So who is still going to be in this ballpark? You know, to the casual fan watching his or her money, the Giants have become quite an extravagance. 
Um, it's one of the most expensive days in any yard around Major League Baseball without nary a Major League Baseball at-bat to be offered by the guys wearing the home team uniform. Um, this is, this is by the way, this is not a, a criticism. This is just a reality. The Giants are at a price point of, holy mackerel, that's their price point. But that price point is explainable if you're producing a winning team. That's right. The The problem that they've got is that they have to explain how they won 107 games and their attendance fell off la- uh, last year. And because their attendance fell off again this year by another 800,000. So the trick they've got to figure out is if you can no longer sell the ballpark and you're not sure you can sell results, what can you sell? The only thing that's left is dropping prices. And that's the last thing I think they want to do. Or the last thing they will do. Well, they're going to drop prices on that resale market for sure. I mean, I today am already getting bombarded with an email, you know, from the Giants. Uh, you know, two games, $40 upcoming season of, you know, or two games for 25 bucks each and applies to a 40-game span of windows. And you choose those games. And, you know, there, there's going to be a – how about this? When they get to forty games for two bucks, then they can talk to me, right? But there are there are there are going to be better deals to walk into that ballpark than you've probably seen in the last few years. So if getting in on the cheap is part of it, that's going to be part of it. They're going to have to reinvent the walk up market because I don't think people are going to buy tickets very far ahead of time. Who's officially still in? I think forty percent of any night's attendance are made up of these two groups. You got lunatics and nutcases. No, but hey, maybe we can work both of those definitions into what I'm about to describe. 20%, 20% of any crowd, I don't care if the attendance is sold out or there are only 10,000 people here tonight. 20% of that in-ballpark attendance are what I will call the blue blood baseball fans. They are here because it is baseball season and results are not nearly as important as being in the ballpark because I'm a giant fan and I got cash. There are the Blue Bloods. The Blue Blood baseball fans are going no matter what. 20%, two out of every 10 people probably tick that box at a Giants game. There is going to be 20% of that crowd that is what I call the baseball tourist. And let's be totally honest, that ballpark is one of the cathedrals that this game offers. It is not just part of the tour for people in San Francisco. It's part of the tour for any baseball fan who wants to go around and see all the great baseball stadia in America. It's officially won. And even though the on-field product might make you hold your nose, the game day experience at that ballpark is as good as any game day experience in anyone's ballpark, the actual game in front of you being played, notwithstanding. But the game day experience, this straight up, how clean is this place? How gorgeous is it still? How friendly are the ushers? And how quickly can you get your whatever you're buying at the concession stand and get back to your seat? That place borders on perfect. It really, truly does. It is a wonderful place to go see a baseball game. So you got 40%, I got cash, I'm a fan, I'm here no matter what. Or 20% of them, and then the other 20% is the baseball tourist. The person who went out of their way to see the ballpark independent of the team playing in it. I think we have a pretty good idea of what their bedrock crowd is. Because we saw it last year, and it's about 22,000. So that's about half the, half the ballpark. That's when you're when that's the lowest you can go, and you've never been lower than that. I think they had the second lowest crowd ever in a game last year. I think you could safely say that that's your bedrock. Now, what we'll see is how much lower that is this coming year. Because if you start seeing seventeens and eighteens, you'll know that about four thousand people have walked on their season tickets. Everything after that can be any sort of sliding scale you want. But that what they really look at more than anything else is what's the minimum number we can rely on? 
And usually that's season tickets because they don't do walk-ups very often anymore. And that's why I'm saying they have to they have to build that back up. They have to make it fashionable for people on a warm Sunday, a sunny afternoon in June. Just blow off work at 1130 and walk over to the yard. That's what they've got to figure out. Well, and because they haven't had to do that for most of the life of the stadium, that's going to be the biggest non-baseball task they have. And which is to make people think, yeah, I'd like to kill a day at the yard. And having to do that now in a more empty than ever before, still downtown San Francisco is harder to do. Like, it is the wrong time to be searching in a dark room for that light switch. Yeah, but you don't, ha- you only, what else are you going to do? You're just going to wait for the season ticket base to erode? You have to figure out a way to get new faces in that new place. That's the problem they've got. And they have to rethink not only their strategies for luring people, and two games for forty bucks isn't they've tr- they've tried that before. They have to figure out a way. If it means playing more day games, then that's what you do. But they have to make going to a Giants game. They can't fan- just schedule more day games. That is a television deal. It might be, but you know what? They're gonna they're, they're gonna show those games no matter what. Yeah, they're, that's that's just a given. And they're not going to give any rebates to NBC Sports Bay Area because NBC Sports Bay Area needs the Giants more than the Giants need them. If the Giants could take their, their tele- television costs in, in-house if they wanted to, they've got to figure out a way to make the Giants seem like a nice way to blow three hours. You know what the best shot the Giants have is that Joe Lacob decides to buy them. And they can, you know, like the Charles Johnson is out, Joe Lacob buys them, and then he starts the Giants Warriors Regional Sports Network. That would work, but I've always thought that Lacob would th- thought that the better bargain was in Oakland. And I think he might still view it that way because the Giants aren't... The he wants Giants programming people are going to watch. Hmm? He wants programming people are going to watch. Nobody watches and consumes the A's. It's just, but, you know, he's, he's the guy who... You know, bought the bad team and turned it into the good team. So let's see his genius again. So 40%, I think, is going to be there. Like I said, 20% money don't matter tonight, blue blood baseball fan. 20% baseball tourists, part of the tour, fans in from out of town, <coughs> they're going to be there. Uh, and they don't care that the Giants stink because they were either there to watch the visiting team or just to take in the park. That leaves 60% of the fans, I think, out starting with the 10% of the money don't matter tonight blue blood crowd but they're there for the event again there's not going to be events any there anymore there's not going to be a cool thing to do ba- ba- baseball games will not be hard to come by you know this is really exciting you got to be there or you got that fear of missing out that is that 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 no longer applies to the San Francisco Giants you are cordially invited to miss out on all of the dog days of summer uh, based on the way this team is bought right now. 30% of the money does matter crowd. I really do like baseball, but I also like the Warriors. I also like the 49ers. And by the way, my kids get the number one vote here, and there ain't a group of kids voting. Let's go see a lousy baseball team anywhere. Maybe the money that you have already sort of budgeted for your, we're going to go see some sports kids, get spent on the Warriors or the Niners. And you just ain't going to be going to the ballpark. Even though you're a baseball fan and the kids want to go, that money's been spent somewhere else. Again, the Giants have never had a more precarious place in terms of sports hierarchy than they do right now in the Bay Area. 10%, right? So we're at, uh, what do I got? I got 40%. I got another 20% of who ain't showing up again. 10% of those are the people that you bring. There's a lot of people who really didn't want to be here tonight, but they are. That's the way crowds work. The people that you bring, who even though they didn't really want to be at a baseball game, they still are going to go buy a beer or a soda or a hot dog or a foam finger or whatever the stupid thing that they want to say, I was there. But 10% of the people that you bring, your buddy, your girlfriend, your grandma, your cousin from Chula Vista, the kid next door, whoever the other is in the group. Well, that other ain't bothering coming now. They're just, they, they're not going, hey, we got a free pair of tickets here at work. Anyone want them? 
email goes out at 11, 3 o'clock that afternoon, they're still unclaimed, can give these things away is about to be the realm that the Giants are operating in. And then the other 10%, Ray, was out anyway. San Francisco Giants could have signed Aaron Judge, Carlos Correa, uh, uh, Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, Kate Upton could have been on the poster, and they weren't coming anyways. Because guess what? There is no such thing as 100% capacity anywhere anymore. 10% of everything you've ever seen met 10%. They ain't coming back. Like the pandemic just took 10% of the country and said, you're probably going to stay home now for the rest of your life, ain't you? And they're like, yeah, they were, we're comfortable doing that. So you were operating at best at 90% capacity to begin with because 10% was just out anyway. So this team has a serious, serious image problem. And the angriest their own fans have ever been at them, maybe in their existence, is officially right now. And it's not because people are unreasonable and they're always angry these days. No, this is an actual reason to be angry at your team. And in any event, the customer's right anyway, no matter what the reasoning is. Whether they're angry or not, and they won't be angry for very long, but they just won't care. Because the one thing that's truest about Bay Area attendance at sporting events is if you're good, they'll figure out a way to show up. But if you're not good, they're not going to come and boo. They'll stay home or they'll go to the wine country or they'll go to Tahoe or they'll garden or they'll, you know, take their kids on a field trip. They'll they'll do any number of things, but they are not going to go and spend their money on a substandard product. They're not going to care how Carlos Correa didn't get landed. They'll just move on to the I got other stuff to do. Right. I mean, there are places that like the Mets are going to sell out every game. That, I guarantee that. The Cardinals will always sell out every game because they always have. The Braves will sell out every game because they're coming off you know, the two-year hangover of the, of the World Series. Um, you know, the Phillies will probably sell out. But that's based mostly on performance, except in the case of Seattle or St. Louis, where they come anyway because it's religion. No, the Giants have to figure out ways to get the casual fan back because the hardcore is the 22,000 that show up every night. It's when you get when you can't get from 22 to 30 that they've they had a problem doing last year. That's where the crisis is and that's why you start trying to rebuild the walk-up crowd. The notion that this is a thing you can do on a day when you just don't want to work on the quarterly report. Grab grab a couple of guys from sales and just go down to the park and get get hammered. Mr. G in Napa, we'll go back to you one more time here, Mr. G. You got about a minute. What do you got? I'm so sorry, guys. Um, AT&T is not my favorite, ironically. That was, I think, the name of the park. Hey, um, you know, the blunder of this whole thing is embarrassing, as um, Pat Gallagher would say. Uh, you got to overcome it. You got to make it better. Give him a, a sticker on your shirt. I got to say... Well, I want to bring reality. The notion of chasing the $300 million players does not work. It works 20% of the time. It works 20% of the time. If you go back and look from 2009, the last time the Yankees won, till last year, eight of the 10 teams won, arguably, with homegrown players. So if, if you want to get in love with that hottest of hot hottie, Go for it, but it doesn't work. But here's the it thing. Works, when you don't have homegrown players coming through, what's your choice? Just a bunch of losing seasons? You know, there is also a direct correlation in what was your payroll and did you reach the playoffs? That's how baseball also works. Yeah, the truth is the, the original plan was to just hold serve until the army of great young minor leaguers comes up. Hasn't shown up yet. None of them have. They're, they're, they're a myth. That's why they said they were going to be active in free agency. And that's why the failures that they've had this winter are more damning. Not the judge failure, because that's not really a failure. They were a stalking horse. The Correa failure speaks to their competence. 
And the Giants had always been able to sell the fact that they knew what they were doing, by and large. Yeah. They can't do that now. Look, homegrown players are great. Everyone wants to root for someone that they raised themselves. But until then, you go ahead and you get some talent in here when you were a handful of actual major league talent away from being a playoff team just last year. Again, everyone was called a dumpster fire. They were 81 and 81. You know, Carlos Correa, all by himself, probably brings you to 86 wins. Now you're just a heartbeat away from there even. Look, we will have more on this. Well, I won't. No, you won't. But we will have more with Juwan Jennings, who joins us next from inside the 49ers locker room. Don't you go anywhere. And then Ray will leave you all uh, with your hearts ablaze with a special holiday greeting. Here on 95.7 The Game, we're brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. We go inside the 49ers locker room presented by Harris Ranch Beef. Visit your local Chavez supermarkets for all your beef and tailgate needs. Today, we're very happy to say hello to Juwan Jennings in his second season with the 49ers. And we have watched his role and importance with this team grow by the game. And he's been so important, he's gone on to earn the nickname Third and Juwan which, honestly, Juwan, uh, thank you for joining us here on Damon and Ratto. It's a pleasure to have you on. And, and I got to tell you, you, I think you got one of the best nicknames in the NFL. You got to like third and Juwan, right? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I used to always think about, like, what's my nickname, you know. You know, a lot of these guys have nicknames, and then it just kind of came to me. And so, yeah, I love it, man. It's fantastic. And I tell you, you have been fantastic in that situation. And the team, obviously, is just on a roll right now. Tell us how you're feeling and the vibe in that locker room. Man, it's it's amazing. Um, but knowing this team, we feel like we just got a lot, you know, a lot of work left out there. And um, we, we we just take one game at a time. That's all, that's all we. That's the formula for this whole season. And so we we're just gonna keep doing that. Juwan Jennings of the 49ers here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, you talked about being a piece of the puzzle. Uh, the fill-in role that you've done for Debo Samuel, both you and Ray Ray McLeod, who just have some huge moments over the last couple of weeks. How satisfying is it to step up and answer the bell when your number gets called? Man, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely, um, you know, that work pays off. It, it, it makes you happy, you know, to the heart. Um, but, you know, you know what comes with this. You know, these teammates, our teammates go down. Nothing about that is fun. You know, you got to go into a game, you know, with them in your mind, you know, you know, hoping they're, you know, healing up, you know, to the best of their ability. You know, that's like you go into the to the game with a lot of emotions, but at the end of the day, you have to, you know, do your job for your teammate. And so to go out there and, you know, make the plays that, that we've made, you know, as a team and, and especially with some of the guys that's going down, you know, it means a lot, you know, especially to go out there and clinch that playoff win, knowing that um, that gives our guys even more time to come back. It, it means a lot. Juwan Jennings, again, in his second season now 
with the 49ers. Can, can you tell us a little bit what it's like to be a wide receiver in Kyle Shanahan's offense? Does that like have a, a list of golden rules or priorities, laws of the position, if you will? Like, What does the Kyle Shanahan wide receiver manifesto sound like? Um, you know, we, we express jumping off the ball. That's one thing that we always express, um, jumping off the ball, running as fast as you can. And, um, you know, secondly, just, just going into our meetings and, uh, Kyle just like an offensive guru, you know, so the plays that he, that he makes, you know, we just, we just go out there and we practice them and, you know, make them come to life. Are you going to be in line for a, a carry at any point in time this season? It feels like everybody wears a lot of hats. You still don't have an NFL carry. Uh, are, are they saving you for a big moment? Hey, man, I'm not complaining. You know, whenever <laughs> my number's called, that's, that's the only thing I worry about. But until then, I'm just trying to do my best for this team. And, uh, you know, like, like you just said, man, we got so many playmakers at any moment, man. Anybody can take it to the house. Now that you guys have a playoff spot locked up, do you or would you anticipate starting to scoreboard watch more just to see what the Vikings and Eagles and Cowboys are doing? Or do you even have time for that on game day? Well, I actually was at one point once we clinched. I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, now, you know, these other teams, they get to play on Sunday because, you know, we played um, on a Thursday. So I'm like, yeah, we get to watch some football. And see what uh, see what Minnesota does, and then they were down, and uh, so I'm like, yeah, it's cool, like it's perfect, like we're going to go to the number two scene, and then they came all the way back, and so I'm done with that, like I'm not worried about it no more. I know I shouldn't have. Juwan, what did you think of that Vikings comeback? I mean, I think it was ridiculous. It was yeah, it was amazing, man. It was amazing. You know, I couldn't believe it, bro. But I was, it's something like, man, just knowing what guys put into this you know this their job man you know couldn't be nothing but happy for them you know they had a you know a, a great time a great flight back home or if they was at home just you know it was a great team win but yeah man i'm focused on i and i whenever they see us shit I mean, shoot. Juwan, Juwan Jennings. Yeah, J- Juwan Jennings here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, l- look, I, uh, I I think that there's always brotherhoods within brotherhoods on football teams. I mean, it's obviously like you got, you got offense, defense. You got your SEC guys, your Big Ten guys. You got your position groups. And, and, and beyond that, you got your draft classes. And then maybe even beyond that, you got seventh rounders uniting in power. Can we talk about Brock Purdy here? And, and, and you know, is, is there a difference between training camp Brock, regular season Brock, and now NFL superstar Brock Purdy? <laughs> well, from, what, from my own eyes, from what I've seen, I can't tell you that I've seen anything different. You know, um, I will say from being in the NFL and just experience, um, the, the game's probably slowed down a lot for Brock, you know, but um, I'm not a quarterback, so I'm sure he's a lot more stressed back there than I am, you know, lined up at wide receiver. But, um, man, Brock just been very consistent, and uh, I can I could just tell, you know, from the from the day one he got in um, behind Trey and Jimmy, man, he's just always been learning and soaking it up. And uh, whenever the time, you know, whenever his time, when his number's been called, He's always stepped up to the plate. And so, man, you know, seeing Brock, what he's done now, and I'm so proud of him, and that's what he does. In my eyes, that's what that's what Brock Purdy does. Uh, Drake Jackson it just posted online. It, it looked like an April Fool's almost rookie dinner bill was placed down for the rookies this year. Juwan, were you at that meal? Nah, nah, that's D-line, man. D-line only? D-line only no, takes no, care of those <laughs> uh, when you were up for your rookie meal, uh, t- tell us about that night. Uh, I didn't have a, I didn't have a you know big rookie uh, dinner man. I was seven round draft pick, so they they took it easy on me. They took mercy on you. That's good. Yeah, Is they, it only the guys with the big signing bonuses get yeah, stuck with yeah, the bill? I feel bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, man, it's been great watching what you have turned into, what you've developed, what this season has become for the 49ers. I'm also a huge college football fan. Like, I love traditions, man. Running through the T in Knoxville is, of course, one of them. What was your favorite part about being a Tennessee Vol? 
Um, I like I like the I like the town. I like the people the most. Um, as far as when I say people, just like the people who live in and around Knoxville. You know, those like those fans and uh, just everyday citizens that go to work and love Tennessee football. You know, they they go out their way to make other people smile and. I think that's just the Southern culture that's um, built into everybody's head, and uh, and they and they live that there. That's what I like the most. Very cool, man. I tell you, the way that the Niners have been going, a lot of football fans have been smiling around here lately. Uh, we want to uh, make you smile back. Uh, our friends at Harris Ranch Beef, Juwan, are going to send you 10 pounds of prime steaks, and you get to choose. <laughs> yeah, I need it. Yeah, need you get it. <laughs> you get to choose the cut. Do you want the ribeyes, the porterhouses, or the New York strip steaks? Oh, I want the I want the I'm gonna get the strips. I want the New York strip steaks. Strip it up for you. Juwan, keep stripping the paint off these other teams on the way to the playoffs, man. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh happy holidays to you, man, from uh from all of us to all you guys. Very Merry Christmas. Uh, yes, sir. I appreciate that. And, I, and thank you for having me on here, man. Happy holidays to y'all, too. Juwan Jennings. I'm telling you. Great guy. Ray, I got a personality detector. Guy's got some. Well, offer him, offer him meat. He'll do anything for you. Sure. Well, you should I mean, ask him to cut your lawn. Who wouldn't these days? Those, those are delicious steaks. Again, thanks again to Juwan Jennings for joining us. And and look, that's it. That's it for you, Ramundo. Hell yes. Merry, Merry Christmas. May your stockings be hung by the chimney with care. I hope Santa brings you everything you want. Well, we're leaving at 6, so let's get out of here. There you go. Merry Christmas. Ray, tell the audience Merry Christmas. Yeah, don't do anything stupid. There you go. That's as close as we're going to get from a season's greeting from Ray. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with a little style. How about some Allen Styles on a Friday afternoon? In the meantime, thank you very much to Steve Kerr for stopping on by. Tom Verducci, good stuff as we went inside the uh, burning fire that is the San Francisco Giants right now. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the entire year Jingle, jingle, sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.